Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. It's a Monday. Happy Thanksgiving to our Canadian listeners in the audience as we talk the world of sports with you here uh, for the next couple of hours, taking you right up until noon on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today. A busy show. Should be a fun show. Uh, Dillermont's Iowa State will recap the trip out to Morgantown as the Cyclones take care of business and knock off West Virginia. A convincing final 30 minutes of that football game. Uh, the head cheese, Dave Sinekin, will be actually en route to Lambeau Field when we catch up with Dave just before 11 o'clock this morning, Monday Night Football. It's the Packers, it's the Lions. 11 o'clock, Trent, Bama, Bob, and I will go around college football. Look forward to that segment each and every week. Monday at 11, we do that. And then Scott Dockerman, uh, bottom of the uh, second hour of the program. So 11.30-ish, Doc will jump on in here. We'll take a look back at uh, what went wrong uh, versus Penn State, me being Michigan, the back to backers, and then a look ahead to Purdue, who, by the way, gets 17 points uh, in the first line that was uh, put out there at some point yesterday from the bookmakers. Lots of ground to cover. We'll t- uh, touch on the NFL. The Cardinals play tonight as they try to work their way out of an 0-2 hole to the Natties. How are you, Trent Condon? Doing pretty well. Voice a uh, little muffled after the weekend, a lot of hollering, but... Ready to go here today. Lots to get into. Yes, Is there anything better than just October? There's nothing, Trent. There's nothing better than uh, playoff baseball. Mm -hmm. We're now into conference play in football. You have a pretty good idea. Well, maybe not. I thought the Cowboys were going to be decent after a couple of weeks. At least you have a pretty good idea as to, you know, the contenders, pretenders in the NFL. It's the best month of the year in sports. It's not even close, in my opinion. Some people would debate it. I used to say March. Used to be a March guy. You've come around, my friend. You know my affinity for college basketball, Uh and that's the reason for it. But baseball football and just coming in here on a Monday with everything we see Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. and even Friday because Friday wasn't bad there's a couple yeah. of big spots on Friday I like the Friday college games I thought that um, you know they were making a mistake when they tried to elbow their win in uh, elbow their way into what was you know high school football mm-hmm. that was their night right and why do you have to ruin that and you don't need, you got Saturdays why do you need to take something away now oh, it's a good idea <laughs> yes <laughs> glad that they did uh, selfishly so let's start I I guess um, let's start with the good, and that was Iowa State, Trent, and particularly the final uh, 30 minutes of the football game. I was really impressed by that defense, playing without Greg Eisworth, who, um, look, Matt Campbell, you can't take what he says with any grain of salt. Uh, regarding injuries, right? Just if he says something, just let it go in one ear or another. And I'm not being critical of no, him. No, no, he doesn't have to. So therefore, why should he, you know, tip his hand? That I don't know if he's his best defensive player. He's certainly as important as anybody on the field defensively. If he knew Eisworth wasn't going to play on Monday, you're not required to tell everybody. But 
you know, then stop asking the questions. Then don't don't make him fib to you. Right? <laughs> right. Don't make him tell you a big white lie. Uh, he's not required to. But you know what? The defense, those guys that were there, Mike Rose was terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, Orion Vance, hope he can get back in for Texas Tech. I thought that that was probably, you know, that looked like concussion to me with the with the helmet uh, with the collision there, friendly fire. Uh, as it turned out, that was a a hard hard hit. And Ryan Vance had been playing well, but Spears picked up his game. Zach Peterson, Trent, old fifty five, getting his opportunity. You know, and what did what did Campbell say last week? He was poking fun at himself. He said some kind some funny kind of quip. I don't remember exactly what it is uh, that. You know, sometimes coaches miss on guys. Adam yeah. Emenecker didn't play his junior year. Right. Right? He, he was stapled to the bench by, you know, one of the at least uh, revered coaches in college basketball that have come through our, our state. And becomes player of the year in a conference. Right. In one year. And Tom Davis didn't think it was good enough. Uh, but the, the coaches make mistakes is my point. Absolutely. And, you know, for whatever reason, maybe Peterson wasn't uh, jumping out at practice. But, man, oh, man, has he been a great addition uh, to this lineup after Jaquan Bailey goes in Brock Purdy was Brock Purdy you know what did and I don't think he did here's a stat for you okay Deshante Jones last week mm-hmm. 10 passes nine other guys caught one how many catches did Jones have this week didn't catch a ball did didn't he didn't catch a single football how about that? And they were still able to move the football through the year. Yes, they were. Michael well, Petway was terrific. Most importantly, they ran the football. And they, they got a guy, a guy, Trent. Yeah. They got a guy. And Brees Hall was the guy that was getting all the buzz in mm-hmm. the month of August. This is going to be, it's going to, you know, it'll settle out. It might take a few games for him to, you know, f- to finally claim that spot. And look, they tried Johnny Lang. They tried the senior Sheldon Crony. Kane Nwangu, who's been banged up, he had a, he had a really bad game. <laughs> He had a an atrocious uh, series there and never saw the field on offense again, I don't believe. But it opened the door for Brees Hall, and Brees Hall, to his credit, and Jarrell Brock, if he played, he played on special teams. I didn't see a participation sheet. Um, so I, I just, point being on him is are they going to get him to four and stop mm-hmm. now that they've taken the red shot, shirt off Brees Hall? Trent, they found the running back. This kid ran hard. Um, true freshman. Haven't seen this kind of effort of a running back. Look, it's not like it's been years. It's been six games. But Brees Hall finally gave them something similar with a small s than David Montgomery gave them last year. Yeah, it's, it's still a little too early to be jumping to and David I'm not Montgomery. Using that, no. But they found a guy, a guy that you can be confident in, a guy that you can be confident to hand the football off mm-hmm. if you need to. And more pick than... up blitzing linebackers yes. or blitzing saver, who's ever coming through, whoever his assignment is, he was on point uh, in his pass pro. Do it a little bit more than, ah, we know this guy can give us 8 to 10 carries. Right. No. You have a guy that can do 18 to 25 carries. This was 26 this yes. past weekend. They found their guy. And that's going to be the guy going for uh-huh. Short of injury, now, he th- is the dude. I agree with you. However, in, in I think it was Petey or, or Birchie, one of, one of the two fine uh, Des Moines Register uh, writers that cover Iowa State, um, mentioned in the press conference when asked about him, Campbell wasn't ready to anoint him. It's, I guess, dependent on another good week of practice for the young man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just because you played well one week doesn't necessarily mean that you can go ahead and uh, uh, assume that you're going to be the guy the following week. Practice goes a long way for Matt Campbell, at least with some of the guys. Right. I guess if Brock Purdy has a bad week, he's probably going to play. Uh, but but um, Brees Hall, 
he's got to be the guy going forward. You know, just real quick on Texas Tech this week, I you were probably well. What time did you get there tailgating? So my point is, you didn't 11. see a lot of Texas Tech Baylor. Is my thought? No, not at all. Watched a lot of Texas Oklahoma. We had that on the TV. That was it was a fun game. By the way. If you bet, if you bet Texas, yes, and I know you did, yes, I did, and I know a lot of people did. Do you kind of feel bad about no, that no, one? no, no, no? I've had, I've been screwed so many times throughout the years. I'll take Do you one. Kind that of I... sheepishly walk back to the window, not saying too much that you. <laughs> That's that one that you have over your head no, as you're no, walking no. to the window. You kind of put it on the counter and you kind of nudge it forward to the ticket yeah, taker. I had this one. <laughs> You're, sure, you want your money, and yeah, you're right, Trent. There's been a million times that you felt like you had that you've thrown. But boy, oh boy, Oklahoma was—they dominated that mm-hmm. football game. They're really good. They really are good. I uh, my eyes are now open. Oklahoma, you have been in on Oklahoma, a believer, and I just who they played. Not exactly yeah, sure. Right. Even in a seven point victory, that was a dominating performance oh. out of the Sooners and Jalen Hurts. Had the Heisman movement with he the was ball behind his back, go, going something? out to the left, goes yes. behind the back, rolls back to the right, finds a guy in the middle of the field, and has the strength in his hands yes. while the ball is behind his back. Mm-hmm. It never budged. Yeah, it never budged. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Oklahoma that that was eye opening, no doubt about that. And they have a defense now. Yes, they do. It doesn't have to be great. Nope. It has to be okay, and yep. it's okay. Yes, because it's been atrocious the last couple right. of years. Right. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. Maybe How's this... Mike Stoops getting together in his job? <laughs> well, he's got the right... Well, he's got the right last name. Yeah, exactly, sure. yeah. yes. That, that helps. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. But short of that... So that's your answer. Right, right My there. answer, I yeah. guess, is how he's going to get another gig. Uh, but Iowa State, look, they, they ran the football. They caught the football. They, I love the fact they're using the tight ends on a weekly basis now, and Kohler's clearly the guy. Got a lot from the defense. Anthony Johnson stepped up, made some plays. Matt Leo made some plays he in did. the football game, which was great to see. Nine tackles, four loss. They were overwhelming, yeah. West Virginia, throughout that second half. What was it? 44 yards of total offense from the Mountaineers in the, in the second this? half. Oof. They were playing with their backup quarterback mm-hmm. after the injury mm-hmm. early. Would they say a chest injury? That's what it was? No, it was. It had to be uh, it was Anthony Johnson who was on a sack. Yeah. Yes. It was his shoulder you could see going down in front of him. It was kind of like Trubisky. Oh, okay. Kind of like Trubisky's shoulder. At least that's the one. Like, <laughs> I think that's what happened. Looking yeah. at it, you know, is uh, watching it on TV. Armchair doctor. Yes, armchair doctor. Exactly. Uh, but that's how it looked to me. Uh, but Iowa State was really good. Now they got another tough test on the road against Texas Tech, who absolutely got screwed. Um, I mean, just an egregious. We've seen some. You got to help goal. me out here. Okay, so the game goes to overtime. And Texas Tech wins the coin flip. They're going to play defense. Mm-hmm. Baylor, who give them credit. I mean, they had 99 yards to go to attempt to kick a field goal to tie the game or, you know, best case, they're going to put it in the end zone. They came damn close. Mm-hmm. But still, they began their drive on the one or two yard line, their own one or two. Get, they get the game to overtime. Texas Tech wins the coin toss. Baylor goes on offense first. The center thinks that the quarterback, Charlie Brewer, is lined up under center. Mm-hmm. He was in the shotgun. The center snaps his ball, uh, snaps the ball off of his rear end. Bumble ball's on the ground. Absolutely. Now, how as a center, can't you feel hands underneath Well, you? I don't know. I've never been a center. <laughs> but I would, I've been you a quarterback. Think, you would think, I know where right? my hands are during that time. You, you, they're touching the centers you know what. Yeah. But, 
Um, but apparently, whatever happened, he snapped the ball off of his rear end. I don't think he was trying to snap it in shot do a shotgun style, and it just happened to hit his butt. But but the ball is on the ground. Texas Tech covers the football. Meanwhile, out of nowhere, a linesman throws a flag. Texas Tech has the football. Throws a flag. And now Texas Tech just needs a field goal to win. And, and uh, well, no, they just no. They're, 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 it's the first possession of overtime. So if the, yes, if Te- yeah. Yeah, I guess, well, yes, so if Texas Tech would have got the ball, mm-hmm. all they needed was a field goal to win. I misunderstood you. You're 100 yep. percent right. The ball's on the ground. The linesman comes running in to one of our own, and I like Brad Van Vark. <laughs> I used to work with his wife. His wife used to work here. Oh, really? Yes. She's a really nice lady. They're both. I've met Brad. He's a good guy. But no one on his crew saw what the linesman thought he saw and was about to make an egregious mistake that would cause the Big 12, not not Monday, not Sunday, but apparently before the plane landed back in Lubbock, to send the apology email that we messed up here? I mean, it was that quick? So yes, Trent, point being, mm-hmm. Texas Tech... All they would have had to do is kick a field goal. Why is this a big deal? Well, I'm guessing it's a big deal to our friends in Ames, right? Oh, yeah. Who are now, you know, Baylor's got that tiebreaker. Baylor's got some losses coming up on their schedule. They still so have does to Iowa State. Texas and Oklahoma. In back-to-back weeks. Right. Back-to-back weeks. Oklahoma State this week is not going to be easy mm-hmm. for Baylor. It's a hell of a conference. It's a hell of a conference. I mean, I think I, I, think I overestimated maybe the bottom a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, when, every, when Kansas was picking off Boston yeah. College that one weekend, West Virginia, who, uh, NC State, right? So, um, but point being is Baylor, Baylor kind of dodged one. Yeah. They kind of dodged one. Now, Iowa, on the other hand, as we move on here. <sighs> Where do you want to start? Well, yeah. I want to start with the lack of guards. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, and look, when I, I'm a Linderbaum fan. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I've made that really clear. I love the fact that this kid, how good he's going to be, and already is. But whenever seemingly, and I'm guessing not all of them, but the egregious ones, he would pull. You know that little zone run mm-hmm. that Iowa runs, and they've been running for. They're going to go left. Yes, I mean they've been going left forever. Right, everybody takes that first step Absolutely. left, and there they go. And the Nittany Lions realized that once. There's somebody starting to go left. Mm-hmm. I've got an opportunity here to come through that now wide open area uh, of that offensive line. The right guard wouldn't come over, wouldn't help out. There was just a lack of communication, or I don't know what it was, but Trent, man, Nate Stanley, who didn't play well. No. Uh, he didn't play well. I mean, how can you miss, who was it, Smith? On, Smith on wide open. I mean, just, it was a simple slant route, and he simple missed it by five route. yards. And, and, and look, I've, I've seen a lot of, well, yeah, but he didn't have a clear view. Yes, he did. You make that throw mm-hmm. every single time. Um, boy, Iowa feels like this last two weeks. When we when we look back in this season, what might have been, and I think mm-hmm. we're now at that point. Yes, um, that this you know special season in Iowa that ha- at the University of Iowa that happens every few years, most years seven and five, maybe eight and four, but some ten and twos, one twelve and zero as we know. Thought that maybe there was a chance for that um, for that latter scenario to play out this year, but that's out the window, Trent. It is, and you can say that everything's still in front of them. Badgers still have to play Ohio State. You figure a loss there if they run the. T- yeah, but don't forget, don't look now. There's a Gophers are above them too. They are. They come to Iowa City. Uh-huh. I still feel pretty good about Iowa's chances in that one. But we'll get to that here no. in a few weeks. Regardless of that, the run game isn't working. No. The run game hasn't worked for a long time. Yep. And 
2002 and Fred Russell and mm-hmm. Jermel Lewis. Mm-hmm. That was 17 years ago. A pretty good one-two punch. So yeah, yeah, and the best offensive line in program yeah, history right, yeah. in front of it. Mm-hmm. And when you have those kind of guys, you can get away with and it. A pretty good quarterback, too. But the way defenses have changed. Your middle linebacker isn't 255 anymore. Uh-uh. Your outside linebackers aren't big plotting guys nope. on the outside. Nope. It is about they can speed. Run. It is about quickness. It is about getting there. And with the zone blocking scheme and what you do, you have to be able to hit those gaps. Well, the defense can absolutely do that. And when they see everybody going one way, there's no misdirection. There's no counter. Zone is a dead no, but it can't be your only identity. And that's been the problem now the last two years with Iowa. They don't have a counterpunch in the running game. When they go to the zone blocking scheme, and they're going zone left, and they're going zone right, and it's not working, there's nothing else that they can do. There's no counter plays. There's no misdirection. This is what we're going to do. We have to out-execute you. When you're not out-executing, what do you do? You have nothing. And that's what happened again against Penn State, a defense that is way too fast yep. for what you're trying to do offensively. The guard play has been deplorable this season. Nothing is going to change there. You know, Justin Britt, I know they're excited about his future. This is a guy still coming off an ACL injury right. from a year ago. Right. You're not going to go out there and have him be your guard for 70 snaps a game. That's not realistic. You are what you're going to do. And the problem is Iowa doesn't have anything else. What can they do? What can they do in season to fix the run game? I don't think there's anything there. I, I don't either, Trent. I really don't. And you got two first round picks anchoring that line. Absolutely. Although I'm not sure that they're both well, we'll see. They're they're both early picks in the NFL yes, yeah. draft. Uh, at the very least. I'm not sure their stock is where it was prior to the season starting. Uh Robert Windsor made a whole lot of money thanks to that off Iowa offensive line. Um uh, on Saturday night, he was incredibly dominant. There was one play in the football game, Trent, that that Nate Sandley saw a blitz coming from what um from the from Penn State's right side from right, but dude, Stanley's overlooking it. It was coming from his left, and he stopped the play. And the guy was caught dead in his tracks. He tipped his hand. He was coming. Mm-hmm. They audibled right into the blitz. Yeah, that's another part of. Remember uh, Charlie Weiss thinking that he had a schematic advantage when he went to Notre Dame, and he was talking about how he's going to be able to out scheme things. I was audibles, and this is. I mean, hasn't this been a problem for years? Mm-hmm. What they change mm-hmm. into? Yeah. There's not a whole lot to it. I've heard Peyton Manning in the past talk about really what audibling is. It, audibling is not getting to a great play. It's getting out of a bad play. That's what an audible right. is meant to be. Sure. Seems like Iowa goes from bad to worse when they audible. They certainly did on that particular one. I mean, that one just jumped off the television screen. Now there were some there's there was some certainly some pause. I thought Regani had a terrific football game. Well, outside of punt returns. Well, other than that, but sure. As a wide receiver, as a yes. wide receiver, I thought. But they he need was to find terrific. somebody else back there. Yeah, he is true. given Fair. in a team that is built about field so position. So did he just did his legs get crossed up on the one that got by him? I mean, I saw him kind of disjointed yes, on yeah. the it, it's yeah that that didn't work. There was uh, Epinesa. I thought had a pretty good. He game. did. Yes, he uh, played Golston well. was terrific, and mm-hmm. he's been missing in action. Lattimore played well. Lattimore played well. Having Reef back had a help. couple. Defense uh, was fine. Yeah, the yeah. defense was. You held Penn State yes. under three hundred yards. The defense for the second straight week. The defense was fine. Yep, absolutely. They is. did enough to win that football mm-hmm. game, uh, and well, they didn't force any turnovers. If that is your only hope of beating even a good team, you're in big trouble. Our only way we can beat a team is we have to go out there and we have to turn them over a couple of times. Come on, there's something wrong yeah. on the offensive side of the football. So help me out with this since you were in the building. Did <laughs> Sleep Dalton's first punt. Ugh. But what was he doing, Trent? Because it looked as though he had 
yards yes. of real estate. Yeah. So if he doesn't decide, and I don't know what if it was a fake to begin with or what he was doing, if he was, you know, he was going rogue and doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. But the guy was beside him. He was past the guy when he tried to make that, you know, and what was it, 12-yard punt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But didn't it look as though he could have kept running? Yeah, absolutely. I thought he did. Watch it on TV. So that's what I wanted to get. Well, and, and I do wonder, too, if he has that ability. If they have, remember, this is a guy that just got there this summer. If he has the ability, they told him, hey, you see something, you take it himself. Mm-hmm. Or a new guy, hey, just get the punt off. You're here right. to punt. Let's let's do this. Let's not <laughs> mess around a little bit too much with it. I was right there with you, though. I I mean, just tons of real estate in front of him. Now, who knows what kind of athlete he is. You know, some of those, yeah. for every Brad Wing, the old LSU mm-hmm. punter that ran mm-hmm. seemingly every other week, he'd be running for 15, 20 yards up the field. Where's Brad Wing? Is he in Green Bay? Is that where he is? I th- Start with the Giants. I don't know. No, he's not. The kid from Alabama is uh, uh, in Green Bay. But he was a great athlete. No, he was. And you Absolutely don't know was. Sleep Dalton. This is a guy that's a 28-year-old former electrician. That's now punting the football. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that part. That's what he did after high school. He was an electrician and decided, eh, you know what? Go over to America and give this punting thing a try. Well, there's certainly a bunch of Aussies and New mm-hmm. Zealanders uh, coming over to do uh, just that. How about Narvison? Speaking of special teams, oh yeah, getting in there for Iowa State finally bombed it in. He did um, 45, 46. I mean, I don't think it. I'm not sure he had five extra yards on it. I think, but you know what? Good for him because the Sally's been mm-hmm. kind of hit and miss. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Narvison comes uh, gets his first opportunity and. Um, Made it count when he did, but uh, you know what? Iowa State, they looked terrific. They really did. Iowa State, um, especially that second half, the adjustments that Haycock makes again. We got two de- good defensive coordinators in this state, Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker's been terrific, and those, these last two weeks, if you need more example of what Parker's body work is, look at the efforts against Michigan and Penn State. And John Haycock, I mean, guys that win national champions are flying into Ames in the dead of winter uh, to pick his brain a little bit. That tells you all you need. Need to know baseball from yesterday and over the weekend. Quite honestly, uh, the Cardinals—I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the Cardinals are no hit mm-hmm. um, through the midway point of both of those baseball games. They fall down. Now, I was mistaken last week when I said that I thought that this would—the way the schedule was going to set up—there would be no more conflicts. That's what I thought too. Not so there, fast. If the Cardinals win today or the Cardinals win tomorrow. They'll be playing Game 5 at 3.08 on Wednesday. On Wednesday, right. So the Fanatics would be off and Murph and Andy would be abbreviated. Mm-hmm. Tonight's game, by the way, if you can't watch the game, you can hear the game here. Um, but it's joined in progress right after the uh, Iowa State Coaches Call-In Show, which, which uh, ends at 8 o'clock. So if you can't front, be in front of your TV set to watch the Cardinals and the Nationals, and what a pitching matchup it is. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Flaherty, Strasburg, yes please. Uh, that's, that's got a chance to be terrific. Uh, but these Cardinals, um, they got to get this one tonight, in my opinion. I mean, look, I guess they're not out of it technically if they lose tonight. But if it doesn't go their way tonight, I don't give them any chance uh, of coming back. You got the guy in the mound you want. Yes, absolutely do. Flaherty has been nothing short of outstanding mm-hmm. the last two months now. I mean, he was the pitcher of the month in August and September in the National League and has been very good in the playoffs. But on the other side, it's Strasburg. What do you have to do? You have to extend at-bats, though, because that bullpen for the Nationals, it's still bad. Yeah. So what you have to do, Strasburg, and it's not about even scoring early. Obviously, that's what you want. 
but you can't be no hit. You can't allow no, these starters to you go so get your deep into the game. Guys on Fowler, who's just had an abysmal, abysmal uh, playoff series so far. Wong hasn't been much better, at least with the bat in their hand. Let's take Anthony. Then we'll take our timeout. Dylan Montz joins the program. We'll recap again. Uh, Iowa State. West Virginia with Dylan. Take a peek ahead uh, to Texas Tech this weekend. Anthony's with Miller and Condon. Anthony, what's on your mind? Welcome aboard. Uh, hey, how you guys doing, Smarts? Good. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of like I was, you know, when they watched him play the Dodgers, you know, you look at their pitching, and, I, and honestly, if you want my honest opinion, they have the best pitching in baseball right now. Who, they, the, so, uh, the, the Nationals do? Best starting pitching. Nationals. Yeah. Nationals. Yeah. Starting it's, pitching is hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not crazy. And, um, you know, you look at the Cardinals games, and you're watching them, and you're thinking to yourself, if you're a Cardinals fan, you know, hey, I've got the hitting to, to get this done. But you got a three-punch that's going to come right at you, and even with Flaherty out there, I don't think it's going to happen. I well, think it's going to be a sweep. Yeah, I'm starting to think you're right, Anthony. Thanks for the call. You know what else was is disappointing too? Wainwright, Trent. He yeah. pitched a gem. Yeah, he had double digit strikeouts. What did he finish with? Uh, eleven. Eleven strikeouts. Eleven strikeouts. One walk. Those... I mean, that's back to back outstanding playoff starts by, you know, your one time ace. Couldn't get it done. No. Yeah, get to the Nationals bullpen. It's been better in the playoffs. They've been it has better. Been. Yeah, but the regular season was not good. Uh, but they've been better in the playoffs. Man, oh man, just the fact that the, the bats had just been dormant. And Anthony's right. The the national starting pitching has been terrific. All right, Delamonts joins the program next. Dave Sinekin will be here at ten fifty. He's the headcheese.com for you Packer fans. Monday will, night football. Yeah. So where will you be? Give me an idea. Because I thought last night I would be mostly Sunday night football. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jets did me a favor because they were getting blown out early, <laughs> so I was pissed off and did delete and never even watched the second or third period. Um, I thought I'd be mostly Sunday night football. Wasn't the case. I was on. I was on baseball eighty percent of the time. I will probably be MNF before baseball tonight, just because it's the Packers, it's the NFC Packers, North. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a part of it too. Well, the early start six thirty eight gives you good. Gives that's you where the television two or starts. Three innings, right? And all of a sudden, if it's in the top of the third and it's nip and tuck and it's really good, it's gonna be more difficult to pull me away. Well, it depends who you bet, though. Too well. We'll get to that later. Mister Monday Night's ready to roll. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> we will. You're not uh, talking me on my pick this week I, either. Well, I I don't know who that would be. What What's the line? Four. It's four. All right, let's do this, Trent. All right, another week of this underway. It's time to put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll, in your bank account, or wherever you could use that $1,000. Just text the keyword CAR to 200-200 right now. That's CAR to 200-200. Your opportunity to win $1,000. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. He's next. Miller and Condon till noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Clifford. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 15 minutes or thereabouts. 
Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. If you're a Packer fan and you're not reading uh, Sinekin's blog, you should be. Keeps you up to date on the Packers. KFAN up in the Twin Cities. Been on the air up there for 24 years. We'll catch him as he makes his way uh, to Lambeau for tonight's Monday Night Football Tilt. Right now, let's get Dylan Monson here. He's back from Morgantown. He joins the program. Dylan, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Doing pretty well, guys. How about you? Doing well. Uh, what, what a difference between two halves. Not that Iowa State played poorly in the first half, but they never gave West Virginia a chance in the second half. Was that Haycock adjustments defensively? Or did uh, or what happened in the second half that they were able to seemingly impose their will defensively over West Virginia? Yeah, I think a lot of it is adjustments, certainly. Uh, you know, you scheme a little bit different. You learn the personnel and the rhythm of the game, but... West Virginia is pretty thin uh, depth-wise as well. Um, and I think you could really tell on defense mm-hmm. for them in the second half. Um, you know, and then the ejection that they had, um, you know, they had several starters out. Uh, their secondary was already thin. Um, you know, and once Iowa State was able to run the ball as effectively as they were with Brees Hall, uh, I think that kind of changes things too and just kind of um, throws off the balance and, and really kind of puts Iowa State in the upper hand position. So I, I think there's a lot of factors in it, but – um, you know, credit to them because they, it was kind of, um, you know, it, it felt like after the first couple miscues, certainly that the pick six off Canadian mm-hmm. Wallace's hands, um, it felt like, um, you know, there was some hope there for West Virginia, but Iowa State snuffed that out in the second half and was able to run away with it. Brees Hall running the football, and this is a, a conversation, Dylan, we had a lot during August. So much buzz about him getting his feet wet, just a true freshman. He's the guy going forward, right? I mean, this is his job as the running back, and he's going to see certainly a majority of the carries the rest of the way, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of what Iowa State's been waiting for, is for a guy to look like that. Um, because, obviously, he was able to run the ball well, but the offensive line, I think, gave him room to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just looked a little bit different, even um, than maybe what he did the first few games where he got carries. He looked like he was attacking the lanes hard. He was fighting for extra yards. Yep. Um, he had burst, uh, just all those things that, um, and he was run blocking or um, pass blocking, uh, pass, yeah, pass blocking extremely well yep. too. Um, at one point, I even thought it was Crony in their pass mm. blocking, um, but it ended up being Brees Hall. Um, so I think that's an area of his game that he's really grown in, and I think that's encouraging too as as they move forward. Yeah, I'm with you, Dylan. That was, uh, as well as he ran the ball, it was pass pro that, uh, uh, that just, uh, emphasized what kind of an impact he had, uh, on Saturday's football game. Orion Vance had been making an impact seemingly this entire season. Uh, I know Campbell said he's, you know, he's, he's all likelihood. I, well, you can tell me what he said. Uh, not that that really matters when, when Campbell's talking about injuries because, you know, he's not forced to tell the truth. And I think that he stretches it a little bit. He certainly did in Eisworth's case. And again, I'm not being critical of him. He's, and he's not forced to fill out that. But what do, what do you sense, uh, Orion advances? And again, it's Monday and they don't play till Saturday. Uh, regarding his availability, what's your sense on Vance? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. I saw Vance come back out in the second half um, and stand on the sideline. He did have full pads on. He had his helmet. So, uh, I mean, I, I guess he could have gone back in. Uh, I think Matt Campbell said as much. Um, you know, I, I, I would guess uh, that he'll try to play. Um, you know, it, at one point I know people were thinking it was a concussion or it was something, um, you know, head-related maybe that was going on with him. 
how Campbell didn't really divulge anything after the game when he was asked about the That's but, what it looked uh, to me, Dylan, just watching the game. But again, that's to, you know, to my eye sitting in Ankeny. Right. And it, you probably saw it even better than I did with, with your view. So I, I, I would guess if it's, if it's not a concussion um, that he would go and try to play. Uh, if it was, then you know everything's up in the air. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, all I do know is that he was back on the sideline with his pads on, with his helmet on. Um, and, and maybe could have gone back in, but um, the defense had kind of, um, you know, started to impose their will a little bit, and Bobby McMillan came in and played well. Mm-hmm. Mike Rose moved back to the inside, so I think they were able to kind of make do without him, even though he has been important. Young guy that's been popping on the defense here the last couple of weeks after the injury to Jaquan Bailey has been Zach Peterson. Got a sack in the game, and you can see a guy that we knew they were excited about, a lot of buzz about him, and it's showing up on the field. Yeah, he's just relentless. Um mm-hmm. I think the way he's able to set the edge, really get in the backfield. He had his first sack. Um, could have even had a couple more over, over the last couple of weeks, but he's, um, you know, kind of whiffed on a couple. But that's just kind of all of getting into the position, learning, um, you know, with the volume of reps that he has, really able to kind of hone in on things. But, uh, yeah, I think as as important as Jaquan Bailey is and as much as they would obviously like to have him, it's it's not been kind of the disastrous loss. Right that it would be maybe in past years because you do have a guy like Peterson that can come in and play really solid for you. And then, um, you know, you have the depth behind him, whether it's Matt Leo, Tucker Robertson, and and so on. That's an excellent point, Dylan. That's one of the things that we thought that they had this year that they'd never had before uh, was depth. Uh, should some guys need a blow or should, uh, should injuries crop up? And it's a contact sport. They seemingly do every year. And you mentioned Matt Leo, one of those depth guys. I thought maybe this was, uh, and he's had a nice senior citizen, so it's been more than just this moment. But I, he stood out to me in that West Virginia football game. Yeah, Neil Brown had even mentioned him um, in his uh, press conference earlier in the week about, um, you know, the guys on defense you have to pay attention to. You have to, I think he said 12 and, and 89, uh, which are great guys yeah. with, and, and Matt Leo. So just the stature that he has up front. And then he also mentioned Ray Lima and, um, you know, maybe Mike Rose. But uh, Matt Leo had stood out to him uh, on film, and obviously the size is what's going to jump out. But I think as he's kind of progressed through the second half of last year and then certainly – um, you know, when he's gotten his reps this year, he has been solid as well, which is important again because, um, you know, Iowa State has depth, but that's an important position to have depth because of, of kind of the, the fast paced nature of, of, uh, offenses in the Big 12. And, you know, West Virginia was certainly trying to do that at times well with tempo. Over to, uh, special teams with you as we're talking with Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Dylan saw Narverson pound in the field goal. We mentioned that a little bit earlier. How about Rivera though? You know, this is a guy that, what, punted once or twice last year against Drake in that slog fest up there at the end of the season. There were concerns at that punter position and the loss that they have, what they were going to be. He was really good, boomed a punt, pinned a couple inside the 20. And the special teams as a whole, it feels like this is becoming a strength for Iowa State. Yeah, it was interesting early in the season when we were talking about it, um, you know, being a weakness with with the returns. And, mm-hmm. you know, Rivera had missed on a couple punts and, um, you know, a salary had been fine, um, but I think now they are starting to find a little bit of the rhythm. They aren't they aren't going to return probably too many nope. kicks. Uh, I think they'll always kind of play it safe and and fair catch it whether it, wherever it is and kind of give Brock Purdy the keys to go make something happen. But I, I think Rivera, the way he's come on, has been impressive. Narvison's field goal, obviously his first attempt. Um, you know, it kind of uh, makes for an interesting dynamic. There is he going to be the guy? that goes and takes the longer kicks now, and a Sally is the, the shorter kicks and PATs. 
Um, you know, I think, you know, you all, Matt Campbell's always talked about wanting to find different roles for guys on the team, and, and certainly um, that gives them the opportunity to do that there. But I, back to your original point, I think Rivera has been impressive, and he's been able to kind of um, help flip the field at times and really give the defense um, uh, so, some room to operate and some room to breathe and, and be able to go out and make a play. You know, we talked on Friday, Dylan, about a box score, and we've just never seen this before, right? That 19 catches, one guy catches 10, and nine guys have one. And that guy that caught 10 the week before, uh, Deshante Jones, doesn't catch a single pass uh, this past week. Skates catches one and gets into the end zone. Michael Petway. Petway was really, really good. I'm glad that they started to uh, look for him a little bit more because they've got a weapon there, a physical wide receiver. Yeah, he's a really big body. I think he's 6'5", 225, so um, getting him involved is big. But um, I think it was interesting talking to him after the game. He said the reason that he found himself open as much as he did and able to kind of make those plays on crucial downs was because of the way Brees Hall was was running the football. And then that does, it opens things so up so much. Um, it spreads the defense out a little bit more. It keeps them honest, and certainly – um, it gives uh, a big body receiver like Petway a, a chance to go up and, and create some mismatches. And uh, I think if half of his catches were on third down and then went for first down, so a really important uh, role he played there. And, and then after not having a catch the previous week uh, against TCU, I think mm-hmm. he was kind of hungry to go out there and, and, and contribute in some way. Uh, Skates finds the end zone. Uh, what will stick with me with uh, following that one is the picture. And I don't know who it was. Somebody, I think, just grabbed a screen grab from their TV with Skates coming up behind Coach Campbell and, you know, hugging him from behind. And I got to think, and again, I'm going back to, you know, what I think that was behind that is, you know, with Skates last year, he was in the doghouse, right? He, he, he wasn't maybe long for Iowa State. They took a chance on him. I think that was Skates kind of, you know, thanking Campbell for the tough love apparently and then he got his reward and I'm sure that there's more to come down the road because let's face it this is a kid who had a lot of opportunities to go to some big name programs uh, I'm not sure if you saw the picture I'm referring to but uh, Skate's very appreciative is how I saw it uh, that his coach stuck with him and is helping him not only grow on the football field but maybe as importantly off of it yeah I thought it was a really cool picture um, you don't always see stuff like that especially in a game um, and it might have even surprised Campbell a little bit, too, uh, when he came up and grabbed it. He probably didn't know who it was. But, um, yeah, given Skates' history, certainly his, his ups and downs last year of being suspended, back suspended, um, you know, you never know which way guys can turn uh, when those sorts of things happen. But even talking to Skates in the off season and, and leading up to camp, um, you know, he was always appreciative of Campbell and, and I think has been able to mature enough and understand why um, he was uh, he was in those situations, changes changes habits, change maybe um, you know what he was doing at this free time and and able to come in and, and contribute. And he had been looked at um, you know a couple of different times this season on some big plays. Uh, was able to come up with one against West Virginia, and I think um, you know again it just kind of diversifies their offensive skill players and and can kind of make them go out and uh, you know be effective in, in a lot of different ways but uh, it, it was it was a cool moment i think yeah you're right it just showed um a lot of appreciation uh, on both sides there uh dylan will we find out today what time the oklahoma state kickoff is we should right yeah it, it should actually be coming up pretty soon I, I don't know if it's like right around 11 or a little after maybe noon um but uh, the that, that would be the goal yeah Dylan, we'll talk to you friday before you head for lubbock uh take on texas tech iowa state texas tech 11 o'clock kick this coming saturday morning Dylan, thank you as always
Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you. Delamont's Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Haven't seen anything on Twitter yet. Not yet, no. Uh, and the Northwestern game is 11, correct? Yes, for Iowa. Boy, stay off each other, would you please? Yeah, it makes it a lot easier, yeah, it doesn't does make it? Yes. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight. Dave Sinekin, he's the headcheese.com. He's our Packer guy. If you're a Packers fan, I hope you're reading Sinekin's blog, theheadcheese.com. He's headed to Lambeau. We will catch him en route when uh, we come back in oh, a few minutes. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.org. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here. Right up until noon, busy 11 o'clock hour, Bama Bob joins us right off the hop. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic at about 11.30. Right now, Monday Night Football, as promised, Dave Sinek and TheHeadCheese.com. It's an NFC North battle. The first place Packers take on the Lions. A Detroit Lions team, Dave, that you just don't see when the schedule comes out and automatically put that one in the win column like everybody once did. Detroit's got a pulse. Uh, fair to say that this Lions team, it, I think it just has a chance to be a really good football game tonight, Dave. The Lions are better. Uh, there's no question they're better, Ken. Um, this is a team that, yeah, I mean, I've been doing my Packers show in the Twin Cities for 24 years, and for the first 20 or 21 years, the Packers always beat the Lions in Wisconsin. I think the streak went to 24 straight games until about four years ago, and the Lions have now won three of the last four at Lambeau. So it's really turned. The the uh, game plan that the Lions have put in front of Green Bay the last few years has been very effective. They've figured out a way to be competitive against uh, the Pack. In fact, they've won the last four meetings. So uh, I like to think Green Bay has a long memory. The two losses last year were not competitive by my favorite football team. So mm. the Lions definitely have Green Bay's attention. And coming off a bye, they're much healthier than Green Bay. This is their one chance in primetime all season to kind of stand up and show the world that they can compete in this division. And I think they'll be ready for Green Bay. You know, as you look at this Detroit team and what Matt Patricia trying to build, I guess, uh, New England to the West, if you will, he's come up with really good game plans against good offenses the last couple of years. Last year against the Rams, against the Patriots. This season, what they did, at least slowing down that Chiefs team a couple of weeks ago. He puts it all together, it seemingly, and, and good game plans here. Green Bay, from their perspective, and what kind of game are they looking for this to be? Are, are they thinking that they can win it 31-27, or do they expect a slugfest? Uh, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game tonight. I, I think that Patricia coming from the Bill Belichick school was trying to take away what Green Bay does best. What you saw most recently was the ground game with Aaron Jones. Now, Detroit has not been a good run defense. They rank near the bottom of the league, uh, and they're really susceptible along the edges where Aaron Jones is really good. But I think they're going to do all they can to, as crazy as it sounds, uh, make Aaron Rodgers beat him through the air. Wow. You know, no, De- <laughs> no Devontae Adams. Uh, the Packers receivers caught a grand total of four balls against Dallas. Uh, they don't know who's going to step up in a big spot. And if I'm Detroit, I see Aaron Jones and I say, all right, that guy can beat us and control the clock and mm-hmm. keep our offense on the sideline. Let's try to force Aaron Rodgers into third down and see if he's got a, a wide receiver who he trusts to make big plays against us on third down. That's an excellent point, Dave, and it's so weird to hear that coming from your mouth, or anybody for that matter, because 
You, you never want Aaron Rodgers to, well, we'll let him, number 12, beat us. Well, he would beat you uh, week after week if that was the case. Right. This is a different Green Bay team, isn't it? I'm not saying it's like 2015 when, you know, when Peyton Manning was clearly at the end and that defense carried Manning and company. It, it, Rodgers isn't at that point, but is he starting to creep into that territory of, the, you know, when Peyton Manning had that, you know, just precipitous drop off in his game? I don't think so. I think Rodgers has been very good, again, uh, with a brand-new offense. I figured I was going to watch half the season and, and see what kind of development I saw from the offense, and we've, we've certainly seen it improve week to week. They've, had, they've scored more points every week they've played. Uh, they're winning a different way, and you know this is a team now that doesn't have to rely on Rodgers to be mm-hmm. superhuman to win games, which they were criticized for forever, that if Rodgers isn't great, they have no shot. That's no longer the case. This is a real live defense that, yeah, granted ended up giving 500 yards up to Dallas, but we all know at 31-3 to that game was over and everything changed as far as how Mike Pettin right. played defensively. Uh, it's a good test for the Packers' defense tonight. They are missing a key player in rookie Darnell Savage, who's been a, a real nice addition to the back end. It, to me, it puts uh, T.J. Hawkinson in play for a big night. He's cleared concussion protocol. Packers going with Will Redmond, who really struggled two weeks ago to cover Zach Ertz. Now, he played much better against Dallas, but, you know, this is a 48-year-old Jason Witten he was covering. So I'm concerned about the loss of Savage tonight, but otherwise the defense is healthy. They've got a real identity with the two free agent Smiths who have come in and together have about 12 sacks between them as outside linebackers. They can win their battles. They could uh, get Matthew Stafford off their spot. Uh, then Stafford's going to throw a couple balls up for grabs tonight, and uh, it might be the Packers' defense. That ends up rescuing them. Dave, you mentioned uh, concussion protocol and Hawkinson working his way back. Corey Lindsay has a long snap streak, ended with a concussion himself. He's good to go. He'll be back out there and certainly important for that Packers offensive line. Yeah, it really is. Uh, he is a guy you just count on. Uh, Luke Patrick did an okay job filling in, but uh, you know Detroit's defensive line is no joke. And they've got a couple guys listed as questionable, including Hand up front and Diggs in the back end. I think all those guys are going to play. So that's a good front four uh, that, that Green Bay is going to face. You want to be as strong as possible uh, in the middle of that line. Rookie Elton Jenkins has done a really nice job since he took over the left guard spot in week three. Uh, but having Lindsley back next to him, uh, that, that's a big deal. And the Packers' offensive line has been a real strength so far this year. Bulaga has had the best start yeah, to his he really career. Has. And you just hope he can stay healthy week to week. But uh, getting Lindsley back, the quarterback of that offense, a real underrated center. That's a big deal for this game tonight. Uh, the, the the NFC overall, Dave. Uh, unlike the AFC, where they've got the you know the the Patriots, thought the Chiefs belonged on that plateau and probably will once Mahomes gets back uh, to close to being a hundred percent. But the Colts and the Texans have looked good. But you can limit it probably to just those four. Conversely, the NFC so much parity: the Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Saints. Um, I have no idea how the North is going to shake out. I really don't. But the, but it's, it's going to be such a great race, seemingly, uh, in the NFC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's nine or ten teams that are playoff worthy, it would appear, through six weeks. And uh, there's going to be a lot of beating each other up in the West and the North uh, that will clear things up. This is the Lions' first division game of the season, and they'll come off of this game and host the Vikings next Sunday. So you're going to know a lot more about Detroit a week from now than, than you know now. and. I thought San Francisco made a big statement yesterday yep. going down to L.A. And, and winning that game. That surprised me. Even the Saints, I thought, might struggle on the road in a, in a spot in Jacksonville. 
those teams have really flexed, and, and Russell Wilson's your MVP through six mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. So there is uh, a whole lot of talented football being played. I still actually think Philadelphia, when they get their secondary back, is going to be a, a tough out. Is I still think they're favored to win that division. But, yeah, man, it's going to be a battle in the NFC, and these North teams cannot afford to lose home games. And Green Bay has got to hold up the end of the, the bargain. They have a weird, quirky part of their schedule. Yeah, they play five of their first seven at home, but these next three opponents all get extra rest. Uh, Lions off a of bye next week. The Raiders off a of bye. Then they go to Kansas City off a of Thursday night. Yeesh. So Green Bay's got to really take care of business at home these two weeks before they hit the road for four out of five. And I just think it's a really important game for the Packers tonight to uh, take care of business. No doubt. We're out of time, Dave Sinek. We'll talk to you in advance of the Raiders. Thank you. Appreciate it. Headcheese.com. Thanks, Dave.